After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to part two of the Stompcast. Kayla and I are wandering away on a beautiful uh, day. It's a, we are really in winter now, but it's January. It's a, it's a happy new year to all of you uh, as listeners. We've had a, do you know what, I, I've learned so much already and I'm really grateful. Sometimes you just need people to break it down and make it simple as to what's going on. And it really helps just understand uh, the process. So thank you for everything you've shared so far. I'd really like to delve, because I'm fascinated about this, money mindset and how to approach money, um, how to create a healthy mindset around it and how to create goals. You know, we're in January. Um, okay, it's a difficult time. We all know that. But I think that having a positive approach to things is very important to changing some of your reality, but also hopefully putting yourself in a good position for better times ahead, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I just wonder, can we just, you touched upon it at the start of part one. What do we mean by a money mindset and, and having a good mindset? And what does that in practice look like? How do we build that mindset? Yeah, money mindset to me is, you know, it's the foundation of financial planning. And it's something that many people don't talk about mm. because they just don't associate, as you mentioned, money mm. with your mindset. It seems like something completely detached. Um, most people look at money as a product. Some people look at money as an enemy. You know, it's something mm. that's working against them mm. uh, because of there's lots of myths around money that, you know, sometimes there's the same money's the root of all evil. You have to hear things like that. That's and so true, actually. That's such a heavy... <laughs> it, it, it is. Ingrained. There's a stigma almost, yeah, isn't it? it, it? it I know does. that's such an odd word to use it money, does. but it's a money stigma, it isn't it? It, it, it is. And when you think about money, when you, it, it, it even says on the notes, you know, it says this is just a legal tender, you know, to be exchanged for, yeah. to be exchanged yeah. for whatever you want. You want something yeah. and I want something and I'll give you the money and you give me the goods that I want or the service. Such an odd thought, isn't it? Because you are right. You are, it's just something to create <laughs> it's, it's an agreement. It's a piece of paper that creates bartering, an agreement. Bartering used to be a thing. You used to, bar, to barter was exactly. to, to exchange and say, well, I've got, you know, this goat and they say, you've got, I don't know, a house that I want. I'll give you 50 goats for that, for that house. Isn't yeah. that it? Like yeah. you'd, you'd think, okay, yeah. I think that house is worth this much of this thing. And then but then that becomes really this. difficult. There's no standardised. So money no gave us a standard. Yes. It's, it's just, it's fascinating. Uh, uh, kind of thought, thought around it. That's all it is. But when you look at money, it's so much more powerful than that because it has, it's almost something that you build a relationship mm. with mm. and you either have this good relationship or you have a bad relationship mm. with money. Now, naturally, sometimes bad relationships come from what we've learned about money growing up, mm. what we've taught, what we've been taught about money growing up, what we've experienced mm. with money growing up. Mm. Sometimes the lack of money we've had can mm. cause this bad relationship mm. with money. But it's building that money mindset is about building that positive relationship with mm. money. Mm -hmm. And any, any form of relationship you build takes time, mm. you know, and sometimes it might be a bit about digging quite deep into your past mm. and rectifying some of those things that caused some of those, you know, blocks 
mm. and is causing you to have negative attitudes that towards is, money. What you're talking about almost sounds a bit like therapy. It is. It, it so is. And I think, I think uh, you know, money and mindset is so intertwined. One of the biggest things about money is that it causes emotions as well. Mm. Okay. Sometimes if, if somebody says, oh, you've won the lottery today. Mm that causes a big emotion. Yeah. You're ma you can imagine the emotion. Like, wow, oh my <laughs> wow, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've won awesome. the lottery. <laughs> Just like... Mum, I've won the lottery. <laughs> we're going to Ibiza. We're going to Ibiza. She would not idea yeah. Ibiza. I'd be like, we're not going to Ibiza. Mum, we're going to... Uh, actually, she'd just probably be happy going to the local coffee shop. We're going to the coffee shop for a lovely cake. She's going to save the rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it builds a real happy emotion. And then if you look at it on the flip side, you get a, a red letter through your door yeah. or you get a parking ticket, mm. which you know costs money that you might not have yeah it automatically brings a really sad feeling you mm. know and so so money is associated as, as it just being mm. a legal tender mm. it causes emotions mm. and anything that causes emotions is something that you know you've got to work upon to actually identify mm. what are your triggers when you spend money mm. you know mm. what are your triggers that causes you to basically spend money mm. sometimes people spend money and they don't really know why yeah. But they haven't really looked into what is the cause? What's causing me to do that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, you, I've spoken to people and they've said, you know, I've had a lack of money when I was young. And so, you know, buying expensive things and, mm -hmm. you know, treating myself constantly mm -hmm. is kind of a way to fill that mm -hmm. void. Do you know, it's, I, 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 you always, when I listen to people, you know, it's a natural thing. I will always just think about my relationship with the yeah. topic and things that we're talking about. And I guess what I think about is that, you know, I've had, there's two things that, two thoughts that pop into my head. One is I am an avoidant and bury my head in the sand a lot of the time. And I certainly have, certainly at university. I'm much better at that now, I think. I've actually yeah. really developed much better, you know, I, I kind of understand how much money I have, what the costs and outgoings are. And I really, you know, Excel, it's helped a lot having the wonderful Abby helping sorting <laughs> me out and, uh, working out what's going on. Um, but the, the tendency to avoid, number yeah. one. And secondly, and I think this makes a lot more sense now that I understand that I have ADHD, yeah. is the impulsivity to buy. So I will do something like, I get really excited that I'm now riding a motorbike or will learn to ride motorbikes, so I'll go and buy the bike. What I put into practice now is that I create uh, rules where I go right if I really want this I'm going to ask myself in two weeks time if I still want it Absolutely. or the more expensive it is the longer it needs to be yes um, and, and that has helped but over the years my god have I bought it I remember you know, my first ever paycheck <laughs> as a doctor and once I got over the shock at the national insurance didn't mean me it actually meant a deduction for my pay um, I went and I bought a jumper that cost me like 250 pounds, bearing in mind, I think my pay was after tax like 1600 pounds that time. So I spent 250 pounds on my first paycheck, and just moved to London, had no money, um, on a jumper that I didn't even particularly like, and I wore once. Um, and it was like I had money and I had to like go yeah. and buy it, and I didn't even want that. And I, there was, yeah. I thought two days later, I said, like, oh, I actually would have really liked to have spent half of that on this other thing. Yes. So I, I wonder, and I suspect a lot of people listening will have certain relationships they have with money and tendencies that pop up. Do you find that even when you talk about money to people do you find that almost trick and the word triggering is the right word but do you find that it just brings up those things like, well, like I've said almost like impulsivity and burying my head is that is that the kind of thing you hear it does and and it's one of those things that sometimes if you don't hold the mirror up to yourself or somebody doesn't hold the mirror yeah. up for you yeah. it's something you go about your life and you yeah. just never really look into yeah so I, I I tell you know a lot of my clients things like having a journal and actually just noting down 
simply any time that you you feel that you've had this impulsive need to spend yeah. or if you know if there's a certain circumstance which money has made you feel really upset for some unknown reason so you know making that conscious journal that almost helps you when you're actually going about your daily life that you can recognize these triggers yeah. and then put things in place like I've got in the book the 48 hour rule yeah. when you're wanting to buy something and leaving it in the basket for that yeah. period of time and really analyzing is it something I really want or is this just part of my impulsive need yeah. to fill this gap and fill this void. So is the first thing, so if someone's starting out today going, do you know what, and I've, you know, I would say I've been quite passive in the past. It's probably only in the last year or so I've really started thinking about this more. I've been quite passive about money. I've just kind of, like, uh, in a sense, I've just, like, worked hard. I don't, don't know what debts I have. I don't know what this is. I don't know. If you asked me, I wouldn't know the answer to the questions, which is now I, I realise that's not an ideal place to be. Yeah. So the, is the first step then to, to kind of, you know, to look at, you know, what do you have what money comes in, what debt do you have, but also in the mindset stuff, is it about looking, you know, and journaling? Is that the first step you'd say to someone, like find out what your relationship is? Yeah, definitely, because it's free and it doesn't cost you anything. Mm. And I think that's always a great place to start mm. in terms of building your mm. mindset, actually just jotting down what is it, what are the things that I feel when, mm. you know, when I think of money? And, and then also future projecting in terms mm. of what would I like to feel? Uh, you know, how would mm. I like, what kind of experience and relationship would I like to have with money? So that way you have a clear picture of where you are now and where you want to work towards. Mm. But also I think associating it with goals as well and actually having something that you can look forward mm. to. So actually giving your financial life more purpose. Mm. Because again, I part one of my, um, I'm a strong believer in, you know, goal setting mm. and setting financial goals to help you achieve, you know, mm. whatever it may be that you want to achieve in future. But when I ask the question to clients, mm. many of them don't, have never actually thought about financial mm. goals that they're, they're considering. Oh, but when you, say, when you say goals, do you mean like where you'd like to be as in like, I, I like yeah, what, what, what do you mean, I guess, by goals? What would be an example of a financial goal? Yeah, so a financial a goal? goal could be anything that you want to achieve in your long-term future, say mm. five, 10 years, it could be 15 years that is something you literally generally have to purchase with mm. money. Mm -hmm. So it could be, I want to buy a property within okay. five years. Yeah. Or it could be, I, when, I, when I retire, I want to have financial freedom. Right. I don't want to have to work beyond mm. 60. What right? do we mean? That's a good word that always comes up. What does financial freedom mean? So financial freedom it sounds like winning the lottery. Broad term. <laughs> it does sound like winning the lottery cap, but it's quite a broad mean? term, but it generally good question. Financial freedom is the freedom to actually do the things that you enjoy mm -hmm. without physically having to work. Mm -hmm. That's in a nutshell, that's financial freedom. So, so like, you so don't literally have to get out of bed. Um, so of so people imagine things like pensions to mean that, but is that where like, you know, you look at stuff like I've been learning about um, like active income, passive income, which I know you talk about in the book, you know, so is that the point? So active income is like me going out to work and being paid for, you know, what is perceived the value of my time yep. for that yep. job. But passive is where I'm not actively doing something towards the money. Is yeah, that's right absolutely. And, and, and yeah, it is very similar to when, you know, you retire and you have a pension. Mm. Only that retirement people associate with, oh, you know, it's very old or, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, it's too late in life to do certain things, which generally is not the case. My mum and dad won't agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I'll agree with them. 
But it's financial freedom can be achieved at any age, mm -hmm. okay? Because it really looks boils down to how much is your monthly expenditure. Mm. Okay, so your monthly expenditure is £2,000 per month, mm. say for instance. Mm -hmm. And then you have a passive income that provides you with £2,000 that you don't mm. have to have to physically go out and work mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. um, and that's working for you behind the scenes without you physically having to get mm -hmm. involved mm -hmm. and you've achieved financial freedom. I see so it's kind of so it's not about necessarily having loads of money it's having what you need to be able yeah. to do what you want to do. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So say, for example, now someone's listening to this, we've gone step one, we've gone, right, okay, what is my relationship? So I've gone, right, impulsivity and burying my head in the sand. And I go, right, well, I'm going to tackle some of that with putting like the 40-hour rule or my case, the two-week yeah. rule, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, for, for buying things. And then actually sitting down and like one of the things I've done is now is looked literally, um, which I've seen you've got a table in here, like, like expenses and things like yeah. put out what are the costs. Like yeah. I know now what things cost me. As a, there's lots of different pots for me because obviously I'm, I'm a business as well as a person. Like, I'm yes. not working for the... Because as I'm a volunteer doing my mental health work, I've had to set up as a business and therefore I generate income through the business to allow me the time to be able to go and do the volunteering and so on. So it's a bit more complex. But in terms of my personal income, it's looking at um, what is the cost, so the mortgage and so on, and, and then looking at what needs to come in. Once you've done that and you've gone, well, my goal is someday that maybe you won't want to reach full financial freedom where you, you, know, you're entire, you, know, you don't have to work at all, but perhaps that your income can be supplemented. What are the ways that you could do that in the long term i guess especially as someone i'm imagining back to when i was like a first year doctor on twenty four thousand pounds living in london and you know it can be hard to kind of see the root of that i remember at the time at the time i think my rent in london was 800 pounds plus bills which i think will probably be even more than that now yeah. in a few years later kind of hard you know i know it's about mindset and i know we've got to think about the future kind of hard perhaps to see financial freedom as an opportunity or an option how do you then move forward? What are the next steps in terms of like for people now looking at this year ahead, if you're in a similar position to that, how do you look at financial freedom, I guess? What are the steps you could take towards it? One of the key things, it's almost great if you can look at your financial journey a bit like a business. Mm -hmm. And I say that to a certain extent because many people don't know how to map mm -hmm. out like a business as well. Okay. But having that clear picture of firstly a snapshot of where you are right now as yeah. you mentioned so listing all of your income or what your income is and then exploring what you have as your outgoings yeah okay because money is something that 
if you don't control it, it will control you. That's a great okay? saying. And, and you've got to understand that you are the driver in the wow. driver's seat. So That's you're really the one powerful, in control. Yeah. yeah, you're the one in control of where you want money to take you. Mm. So rather than just saying, oh, I've got all of these expenses because this is how I live my life. Yeah. Go back to that mindset, go back to that journal first and understand, are these things important to you? And yeah. do they align with your future goals? Yeah. So yeah. you said to me that you want to achieve financial freedom. Yeah. But then you tell me that it's really important that you buy you go out every weekend, yeah. you know, and you, you spend lots of money going out and then you don't have much to save. Yeah. So I always say prioritize the things that are important to you in your future, yeah. because sometimes people feel like, oh, savings is kind of taking me away from, you know, things that I want to achieve. Yeah. Oh, it's robbing me kind of of my, mm. <laughs> of my current mm. present enjoyment but it's actually setting that stepping stone for your future. Yeah. And that's why I always say, explore your goals before mm. you do your budget. Right. Because if you're very clear right. on your goals okay, first, okay. when you do your budget, you will plan your budget in line with what those goals it's are. It's kind of like if you were going to write, right, I want to go out and be an athlete. Yes. But you haven't decided whether you want to be a marathon runner or if you want to be a bodybuilder. Yep. Your training's going to look very different if you're going to be a bodybuilder to yep. marathon runner. I mean, just follow my, it may not be, but like follow my, my trail yep. of thought. It's yep. actually a really good point. And, and, and you know the thing with the, um, the expenses thing? You know, I was thinking about you saying that. You know, I'm over a year alcohol-free now. I was a year Amazing. on the 4th of December, which I was uh, very, very proud of. Um, you know... One of the things that's fascinating, when I stopped drinking, I got this app called I Am Sober. And I'm, this is no okay. sponsorship, I'm not no affiliation with this, I just used it as the app, I found it really, really helpful. And you put different metrics in it, right? And one of the metrics you put is how much you spend on alcohol. And I have saved thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. not drinking. And I wasn't really aware of how much I was spending on, on an alcohol. Obviously the cost, I mean, kind of including costs like cabs and meals not meals out that i've chosen to go because i want to go to a restaurant and enjoy the food but meals you're just having because you know you've had a few drinks and you've ordered you're on the way home and you've ordered a delivery or whatever it might be you know the kind of things that have that have fallen in as an extra cost because you you basically had a few drinks or whatever it might be it was attached to the to the drinking but by being aware of it almost like when you become aware of your own breathing you start yeah. to control your breathing yeah. it's a very I, to me, it's actually, when you're talking, it's a very good example of like, yeah, when you're aware of something and you control it, it doesn't control you. you. And all of a yeah. sudden, even with not drinking, I'm not telling everyone, I mean, you know, I, I talk about sobriety a lot and the benefits I found. I'm not telling you guys to, to not drink or drink, do, do whatever you want to do. But for me, it is a good example of actually, yeah. when I addressed, did it align my goals? Well, it didn't really. It actually was costing me a lot of money. And when I stopped yeah. doing it, I love actually riding motorbikes. I paid for my motorbike yeah. with a year's worth of not drinking. Wow. You know, it's yeah. kind of, it was about, my bike was about 7,000 pounds or so. A year's worth of not drinking has paid for that bike. Yeah. I, I have that in my garage yeah. and I can enjoy it. You know, and it's a good example perhaps of, of that looking at your life, looking at things and think, well, what can I look at? Yeah, and that's the amazing thing of setting goals because what you said right there is, you know, so many gems in that. The, the first aspect was if you didn't set that goal mm. in particular, yeah. it's very difficult for you to then say, I'm going to cut back yeah. on this in my budget. So setting yeah. the goal was the first step, but also the fact that you set that goal, you was able to achieve another goal for yourself that is more fulfilling. 
and, and, and those are the things. So sometimes it might be that if you enjoy takeouts, it could be a, a number of things and yeah. just maybe skipping that one odd takeout yeah. per week. It doesn't mean stopping your takeouts completely, yeah. but in, over time, over a period of five years whatsoever, that can help put down your first deposit on your home. Gosh, yeah, it's you know, kind of so when you it's, think it's of it sometimes, that way. you know, sacrificing a little bit somewhere else yeah. for something for your, for your future gain. And I've seen it in practice happen many times. So I'm not just saying, yeah. you, know, you know, this, but it's for people who don't actually are in that situation where they're not, they don't feel that they're in control of their money yeah. and they don't know where to start. And do you know something that really has just sprung to my mind is that right at the start of this part two, you talked about money being a tender. It's just there to achieve something or get something or whatever it is. In a way, I guess your money goal isn't even necessarily a money goal. It's actually the goal of your life. So yeah, you might want to be able goals. to have time to kind of go and walk with friends and be with family or you've got children, you want to, have, want to spend time with your children. Maybe you want to have, be able to go and exercise the way you want to. Maybe you want to travel the way you want to. Yeah. Money is enabling you to do things you want to do. Yeah. So I guess in the example I said about alcohol, well, actually what I really wanted to be was to be, you know, fitter, healthier, happier, be less sad, um, yeah. not damage my health so much. That's why I stopped drinking. But actually yeah. hand in hand that you could have equated that with say, it could equally have changed the name of it and said, yeah. we'll save money. It's a money goal. Yeah. It was a goal. I wanted to achieve that person, but money was part of it. Money was part of that. So, and, and again, that's one of the key reasons as to list in your emotions. You know, I always kind of put it down to if you could pick one emoji mm. right now of how you feel about money, what emoji would it be? You know, and, it, and then if you look forward to where you want to be in future, yeah. what emoji would that be? You know, and yeah. so your emotions play a key part because if you've got all the money in the world, which some people do have lots and lots of money mm. and they're not happy. That's a good, that's a good question around that. It's like, cause you, you know, you, you've worked with, with people from every kind of spectrum yeah. of, of the financial, I guess, spectrum. You've also worked with big business stuff. You've worked with Hollywood A-listers. You know, you've also, you know, you've done so much work on kind of budgeting, I guess, for, well, beginners, I'd say, I'd include myself and my knowledge as a beginner with that as well. Um, do, you know, people say, you know, our oh, money, money doesn't bring happiness or money, people can have all the money and, and be unhappy. What do you say to that? Because a lot of people would say, well, actually money gives you financial freedom and, and these things. And, you know, if you have more money, you've got less problems. It, it, what is your experience? I know it's a very big topic and there's so much that plays into mental health. We know that. But yeah, I guess what are your just kind of thoughts around that? Yeah, believe it or not, just because somebody has a lot of money or has mm. come into a lot of money, it doesn't mean that they've always done the right basic principles around money. Um, and many of them are still not financially literate mm. or have a good financial knowledge. Mm. So for them, they've got all this money, but there's nothing really fulfilling. Mm. And that's why I always say no matter where you are in your financial journey or how much money you have, always consider those financial goals or life goals. It may seem mm. like it is a very simple task, but it's so powerful in terms of what it can do for you when you do mm. finally achieve those mm. those goals or you do finally get to that point in life where you're like I'm really happy with this point now but that's that's been a journey that you've worked towards mm -hmm. but just naturally if somebody is has naturally got a negative money mindset handing them a million pounds sometimes doesn't change anything do you know what so it's uh, I know you might it, you probably think it's probably quite basic what you said but I think actually it's so 
that's really enlightening and really powerful because it comes to that point that actually, well, if you don't know what your goal is and where you want to be in your life, and that actually is very complex, it's not just about, say, the money side, but if you think about money for a moment, just having a load of money is not going to suddenly make you comfortable with how to manage money or what do I do with things like that or, or what does my life look like as a result of having money? Yeah. And I, I guess because I'm always fascinated when you look at the kind of national lottery stuff and the winners and people end up you know, losing the money or they end up really unhappy with the money. Yeah. I wonder, given what you've said, perhaps some of that is down to my, like the mindset or yeah. the being in the right mental place to know. Because you, you look at families. I mean, I've, I've heard of it in, in many scenarios and, and even close to home where actually sometimes coming into money, inheriting money, tears the family apart. Yeah, yeah. And you think, how can I have something good that's come to you? And I'm not, obviously talking about loss of life here, but just mm. we look at just money for yeah. a second, that coming to you, how has that created such problems? You yeah. know, and it's that probably that thing, isn't it, what you're saying about the mindset so, and yeah, how you deal so with it. Yeah, there's so much more around it. It's the relationship, it's the mm. mindset, is it fulfilling? Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the experience that a lot of money brings mm. as well, because then, you know, naturally it brings trust issues. Yeah. And you, you stop trusting sometimes people and then you, your circle mm. gets smaller. And, mm. and maybe it was friends and having close family and networks around you was what made you happy. Yeah. The minute Gosh. money's come into place now, it's changed Gosh. all of that. And you're, you've now got a lot of money and you're unhappy. And, and I first came to, I first was aware of that, that money doesn't always make you happy, was when I first started off in the bank at 16. When you're working as a cashier. When I was working right. as yeah, a cashier. Yeah. Because I, uh, you That's know. That's not what I expected you to say. I expected you then to say the Hollywood, you work with Hollywood people no, or working with big when, businesses. When I, I, when I, when I first started, that. because I always grew up with the mindset that I didn't grow up in, with a family with a lot of money, mm, mm. you know, I grew up hardworking parents mm. and a very basic, you know, standard of living. Mm. And it was always passionate for me to really yeah. strive and make a difference yeah. and be that one in my family that, you know, goes off and does something completely different. So I've always been fascinated with, with money and I've always, you know, liked the fact of how money accumulates mm. and, and what it can do for people. But I always just assumed having a lot of money when I was young is what made people happy. And the minute I got, it was actually within my first week, I met a customer, he came in, you know, had millions of pounds within mm. the bank at the time. And, but day in, day out, I would hear arguments. <laughs> I would hear how yeah. people were so stressed about money. Even when sometimes people were, you know, well off, yeah. they'd, they'd argue about just yeah. pence. Yeah. I had a client I speak about in the book. And really? he, 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 he was so frustrated about a two pence difference in interest and I was like you've got all this money yeah. <laughs> why are you so concerned Gosh. with that you know and and it was one of those things where the bank generally used to send you off to learn about you know dealing with stress situations stressful situations and I used to think how could there be stressful situations when you're surrounded in a place that deals mm. with money and that's when it alarmed me that Everybody has a different experience mm. with money. Nobody is the same. Mm. And a lot of that stems from what you've learned about money, your, your overall background. It doesn't matter about how much money you've got. It more matters about your relationship mm. and how you feel and, and what you've done within your financial journey to, to how you feel. So kind of what you're saying is if you had, if you were someone um, that had, if you had two people and both of them had a million pounds, uh, very fortunate, <laughs> fortunate enough to have a million pounds in the bank each, one person because their mindset could actually get misery from their money and the other one could be really happy with it. Is that yeah, kind of absolutely. simplified, but you could yeah. actually have the same money and not have the same experience with it. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it does boil down to 
two things, the money mindset, whether it's positive or negative, mm -hmm. and also financial goals. Wow, wow. Well, I think that's a great place to end part two now. We'll see you all in part three very soon.